0: Less than twelve hours, man. Less than twelve hours, we're going to enter to a brand new year. Alaska time, that is. Every yeah, some that are already celebrating. My wife and I are watching the family over in Portugal, popping champagne or whatever they're popping, celebrating the brand new year. It's already New Year's over there, man. Um, but you know, I don't take anything for granted, you guys. Tomorrow's not promised. The next few minutes aren't promised. The next few hours are pro- aren't promised. So I'm, I'm thankful to be here. I'm just believing God that we're going to see a brand new year. How about you? You know, that said, though, another year's come and gone. And uh, you know, we're on the cusp of a brand new year. And I don't know about you. Maybe the younger people probably don't feel this way. But, man, the older I get, it seems like the faster time goes. I mean, man, I remember sitting in in class as a child, man, looking at the clock, thinking 12 minutes till recess. And it was like an eternity, man. You know, now I sleep for five or six hours. I'm thinking, are you kidding me? I mean, time just flies, man. I'm sure you notice, I, I said this last year, I'll say it again this year. I'm sure you've noticed that every year at this time, the The major magazines and and the major news networks do, you know, the year in review, and they do, you know, some of the top stories of the year, and and then they honor also people that we've left behind this year, and most of the time it's in the previous year, so it's this year. So I'm going to put up a few names. Some of these names, I mean, you might not have known some of these people passed away this year, so I'm just going to hit a few of them here real quick. Tom Petty, Chuck Berry. Fats Domino. I mean, these are all guys in, you know, my era. Al Jarreau, you know, one of the baddest jazz musicians, vocalists ever. Glenn Campbell. Wasn't he like the Rhinestone Cowboy? Wasn't that him? Yeah, man. David Cassidy from the Partridge family. Jerry Lewis. Wow. Don Rickles, funny guy. Dick Gregory, civil rights activist. Amazing man, amazing author. Mary Tyler Moore. Amazing. Robert Guillaume. Benson. Batman. Adam West. Man. Roger Moore. Gomer Pyle. Jim Neighbors. You know, Della Reese, David Axelrod, Charlie Murphy. Powers Booth, Martin Landau, Bernie Casey, Dick Enberg, sportscaster, amazing people, gone this year. Life's not forever. It doesn't matter who you are. Life's not forever. You know, and it'd be remiss of me not to mention that we've had people here in our church family that has been Touched this year by a loss of someone close to them, a relative or family friend, right here in the Lifespring family. This year seen a lot of people go. And it's a bittersweet time. This year also is where we recap some of what the subject matter experts have to say about predictions. And I gave you a prediction last year. I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to give you one, uh, a couple of them that I found on the internet this year. You know, most subject matter experts, when predicting, I don't think they know what they're talking about, especially those who say Jesus is coming back this year. They don't have any idea what they're talking about. A lot of people try to predict what's going to take place 10, 15, 20 years or more in the future. And some of these predictions have proven to be true. But more often than not, people get it dead wrong. Take a look at some of these. This telephone has too many shortcomings to be seriously considered as a means of communication. This device is inherently of no value to us. How about this? The horse is here to stay, but the automobile is only a novelty, a fad. A rocket will never be able to leave the Earth's atmosphere. Television won't last because people will soon get tired of staring at a plywood box every night. I'd say these people were pretty wrong in their predictions. 2017 wasn't without its share of heartwarming stories. Pulled up a few I want to read to you. The first is of a woman named Kate McClure, whose car broke down on the Philadelphia Highway after she ran out of gas. And she was assisted by a 34-year-old homeless veteran named Johnny Bobbitt, who gave her his last $20 so she could get gas. McClure not only repaid the debt, but then she went and set up a GoFundMe account on behalf of Bobbitt. And his her statement. She says, I truly believe that all Johnny needs is a little break. Hopefully, with your help, I can be the one who gives it to him. This campaign to date has raised more than $400,000, and this money has been used to buy a home for Mr. Bobbitt and a truck that he most desperately needs. How about that? Is that right? Man, i gonna tell you something. Sometimes all a person needs is one break. Sometimes God wants that break to come through us. Yeah? Here's another one. 29-year-old Philadelphia man, Brennan Jones, founded Haircuts for Homeless in January of this year to help the city's homeless population. Here's what he said. This is his statement. It's none of my business how they got in this situation, but I make it my business to help them get out of it. Jones's effort caught the eye of a local barber who had just set up a shop and had another shop just a few doors down, another space that he was renting. He then donated his fully furnished shop to Jones for haircuts for homeless, which opened in November of this year. And he's been doing it in a fully furnished shop since November of this year. That's pretty cool. Here's one that meets uh, pretty close to home because this story is right from Alaska. It hit national news and went viral. Becky Turney, anybody know her? Becky Turney received a wonderful surprise on her wedding day. Turney, who lost her 19-year-old son Tristan two years prior, reserved an empty chair for him at the wedding. What Turney didn't know was that her groom and partner of seven years, Kelly Turney, had secretly flown in Jacob Kilby from San Diego to attend the wedding. Kilby, who was born with a heart defect, had received the heart of Becky's son in 2015. When Kelly introduced Jacob as his sixth groomsman, Becky said, these are her words, I lost my mind. I squealed like a little girl. I jumped up and down. It was incredible. The two had exchanged messages online, had spoken by phone, but never met in person before the wedding. And this was all captured in a series of photographs from a local photographer here in Anchorage. And when she posted the photographs, they went viral, including one that shows Turney with a stethoscope listening to Kilby's heartbeat. The heartbeat of her son who donated his heart so that this man could live. Wow. Man, we are surrounded by horrific stories of brokenness and death and crime and violence. Hard to even cut the radio or TV on in the morning without getting news of something tragic that's happened. Am I right about it? So it is good to hear about heartwarming stories like these that are taking place in our world and have happened in this year. For many of us, this year has been a good year, but for some of us, not so good. So here we are in the last Sunday of 2017, and I wonder how we'll do in this coming year. In the 365 days that we have in this year coming, how will we look back on this year when it's done and when it's over? How can we be assured of looking back on this year with rejoicing instead of regret? And as you look forward to what this new year holds, how can you approach it with certainty and anticipation instead of caution and anxiety? How can this year be better for you then how can this coming year be better for you than this year? Or well, today we're going to revisit a passage of Scripture that provides us with guiding principles that we can use. And I promise you, if you apply these principles, you'll experience a better year this year than you did last year. These principles can help us all have a banner year in 2018. So if you have your Bibles, I want you to go with me to Ephesians chapter 5. Ephesians chapter 5. I'm reading out the ESV. For those of you who are, wel- or are joining us by Facebook Live, I want to welcome you. Glad to have you here with us today. If I'm reading out the ESV and you're following along, it's going to sound a little different than yours, but that's okay. As long as you're reading the Word of God and it's accurate, it's interpretation, I don't care what version you read. Amen. I've titled this sermon today, Guiding Principles for 2018. Here's what the passage says, beginning at verse 15. Look carefully then how you walk, not as unwise but wise, making the best use of time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. Be careful then how you walk, not as unwise but as wise making the best use of the time because the days are evil. Therefore, do not be foolish, but understand what the will of the Lord is. I believe in this passage here today, Paul gives us some timeless principles. And listen, if we apply these principles this year, we will grow spiritually. We will grow relationally. We will grow vocationally and professionally if we apply these principles. I'm going to give you three of them. Here's the first. Right out of this passage. Pay careful attention to how you live. Pay careful attention to how you live. Live wisely. Live wisely. I'll talk about what that means in a minute. Make the most of your time here. Live a lifestyle that's worth imitating. Live a life that's worth imitating. Scripture tells us life is short, man. Life is short. In Psalms 90, verse 10, it's a prayer of Moses. Moses writes, the years of our life are 70, or even by reason of strength, 80. They are soon gone, and we fly away. David writes in Psalms 39 verse 4, "O oh Lord, make me to know my end. And what is the measure of my days? Let me know how fleeting I am. Then James writes, James chapter 4 verse 14, Yeah, you do not know what tomorrow will bring. What is your life? For you are just a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. You are just like a mist that appears for a little time and then vanishes. I'm just going to let that run. That's how our lives are. Colzetta and I were prompted to go home, go to Fairbanks for Christmas. Surprised my mom and dad. It had been years since I'd been home for Christmas. Not because I didn't want to, but just never worked out. And I see my mom and dad a lot. We love our mom and dad. But, you know, we just never hardly got home for Christmas. I don't know. What it's been babe, about 15 years, maybe 10, 15 years since we've been home for Christmas. That's a long time. You know? So we decided we were going to surprise my mom and dad for Christmas. Life's short, man. (laughs) Oh, my gosh. They're talking back to me today in the service. No, Tammy, I did not tape it. But the memory is etched in my mind forever. I'll I'll draw you guys a clear picture of what it looked like. I'm glad I didn't tape it either because my mom, her hair wasn't right. She would never let me show it. Well, we surprised her. So, I, we get to Fairbanks. It's cold up there in Fairbanks, man. Jesus, that's why I don't go up there in the wintertime. It's cold up there, man. But I get off the plane, and my rental car is kind of jacked up. They don't have it started for me. I got to go out in the cold and start the car. I said, this is why I don't go to Fairbanks, man. I'm doing it for my mom and dad. I'm doing it for my mom and dad. So, we drive out to Fairbanks, man. We get out to my mom and dad's house. My sister is washing dishes. We pull in the backyard. My sister is washing dishes. Picture window. She sees us pull up. She gets all excited. She knew we were coming, and so she she stages it to where my mom and dad don't can't like ruin the surprise. And so we walk in the back door. Now, when you walk in the back door, there's this picture area, kind of like the ghost. You can see through the living room to the dining room, but it's only, you know, it's, it's a big enough view, which you can kind of catch a glimpse of people coming through the kitchen. So my mom is walking down the stairs. She can just barely see what's happening, coming in the door. Pelzetta goes in first, and I come in right after her, and my mom stops in her place, and her jaw drops, and she just goes, <gasps> Pelzetta walks around the side. My mom is still standing there. She can't believe it. And then she goes, what she said? Oh, my God. She said, oh, my gosh. And she runs up and grabs Pelzetta. So then, now, see, no, my dad, my dad is sitting right here in the chair. My mom's back is to him, so he can't see who it is, right? So I come around the side, and I get in my dad's face. I'm like, hey, dad, how you doing? He goes, uh, no, no. He grabs me, gives me, this is the best Christmas ever. <laughs> that was just so cool, man. And I'm sitting there, I mean, man, it was a whirlwind for us. We probably had four and a half hours sleep in like two, almost two days. Because we were up all night, we had one conversation where it was my mom and dad and and you know some of my brothers and sisters and their children sitting in the living room talking about spiritual things, and to hear my nieces and nephews describing what spirituality looks like in their life and their walk with Christ as if it were their dad or if it were me, not coming from their grandfather but coming i mean third generation down and they are articulating scripture from a life of living and walking with Jesus. And I'm like, man, this is what it's all about. And then I look over my mom and dad who are sitting there and they've got this look on their face of Thanksgiving, but at the same time understanding we're 82 and 83 years old. Life is short. You don't know what, how much longer you have. Life is but a vapor. I've been talking to my mom and dad, they, could, they would sit back and tell us stories about when they were children 70 years ago, 75 years ago, time flies. Life is not promised. We're not promised to live even one more day. The scripture tells us we can't even count on tomorrow because tomorrow might not come for us. The only time we're guaranteed, family, is the time that we're living in right now. So our time on earth is valuable because it's limited. It's priceless. I said this last year, and I want to say it again. There's a song by Kenny Chesney, old country western song, don't blink. And it was, it was Kenny Chesney sitting down with a guy, I think he was 104 years old, talking about his life, talking about his life. And here's what he said, and Kenny Chesney made a song out of it. Don't blink because just like that, you're six years old and you take a nap and you wake up and you're 25 and your high school sweetheart becomes your bride. Don't blink. You just might miss your babies growing like mine did turning into moms and dads, and the next thing you know, your better half of 50 years is there in bed, and you're praying God takes you instead. Oh, trust me, friend. 100 years goes faster than you think. Don't blink. What's the best use of our time? It's to live our time on earth wisely, to live each day as if it's the last day that we have on this earth. So the Apostle Paul writes to us and he says, pay attention to how you live. Live a life worth imitating. And then he says, live each day with this in mind to seize every opportunity to invest eternally. Seize every opportunity to invest eternally. Make it a point this year to invest in things of lasting eternal value. I was up this morning just kind of going over what the Lord had given me, And man, it dawned on me, and I've been saying this for years, but I never quite heard it like I heard it in my spirit this year. The only thing that we can invest in in lasting value, I'm going to tip my hand on this a little bit, is relationships. That's it. Listen, family, there is a reason why everything we need when we leave this life is already in heaven. We find nowhere in Scripture where the Bible says store up money, or store up gold, or store up precious gems, or earthly possessions. Nowhere in Scripture do we find that. Because these things are only temporary. Everybody say temporary. temporary. They're just temporary. Everybody say temporary. temporary. These are temporary things. So we need to seize the opportunity to invest in eternal things. Jesus tells us this in Matthew 6, verse 19. Do not lay up for yourselves treasure on earth, where moth and rust destroy and where thieves break in and steal. But lay up for yourselves treasures in heaven, where neither moth nor rust destroy, where thieves do not break in and steal. For where your treasure is, there will your heart be also. People are God's greatest treasure. For God so loved the world, he so treasured the world that he sent his only begotten son so that whoever would believe in him, people, would not perish but have eternal life. People are God's greatest treasure. And guess what? Children of God, people ought to be our greatest treasure too. Where your treasure is, there will your heart be. Hmm. Invest in the people God brings into your life. The ones that are already in your life and the ones He's going to bring into your life, invest in them. And Paul tells us why? Because the days are evil. The days are evil. Have you looked at the crime statistics in Anchorage lately? It's scary, man. This is Alaska. You know. And if you think about it, how many conversations have you heard from people who live in Alaska that say, you know what, we don't have all that stuff going on in the lower 48? <laughs> yeah, we do. Per capita, Anchorage has a higher rate of crime per capita than the average in the nation in all of these categories. Rape, murder, vehicular theft, vandalism, and I'm missing one. Somebody else, who said it? Drugs? Drugs? I don't know about drugs. It could be, could very well be. Uh, Assault. Right here in our home. The days are evil, man. (laughs) This is not funny, but I shouldn't laugh at this. Dante, if you're watching this, don't laugh. Don't be mad. My son just got his car stolen in his driveway like a week ago. No, we're not laughing at you. You should see the people in the congregation right now. No, man, listen, crime is bad here in this city. Theft is bad. You know because Satan's busy. Jesus says this, He says, Satan's a thief. He's a robber. He says the thief doesn't come but for to steal, kill and destroy." We're talking about material things here, but let me, let me, let me boil it down and make it, make it, bring it home for you here. His number one priority is to rob you and I of the opportunity to invest eternally. That's his number one priority. He knows all this other stuff is going to burn up and go away. But if he can place time and opportunity robbers in front of us to get us sidetracked or preoccupied, Sometimes these things can even be good things that take us out of the sweet spot of what God wants to do in our lives, through our lives, in the lives of others. And if Satan can get us sidetracked for just a little bit, he'll keep us from investing eternally in the lives of someone else. Reconciliation. Let somebody close that door over there. Reconciliation. I want you to hear this. Everybody look at me. Who would you seek to reconcile with this year if you knew that this year was your last year here on earth? What relationships do you have that are broken or fragile that God wants to reconcile, that he wants to use you to invest eternally, that if you knew that this year was your last year, that this week was your last week, that this day was your last day, that you would reconcile that relationship with. Live wisely means to be willing to pursue reconciliation this year at any cost. Listen, I want those who I know, whether they're followers of Jesus Christ or not, those who I know and love to spend eternity with me. I want that. Do you want that? I've challenged people more this year than any year that I can remember. Man, do whatever you can do within your power to reconcile relationships that you know are in your life. That you've allowed to just kind of go out there and be on the fringes. Tell me if you make it clear, I'll say it. It's a choice. It's only as hard as you make it. You make it difficult or you make it simple. I didn't say easy. I said simple. We complicate things when we allow our emotions to get in the way. Take our natural emotions out of it and set them aside for a while and focus on the eternal and do what God has been pricking your heart to do, and just keep it simple. So, Pastor Greg, how can I pay attention to the way I live, and how can I seize every opportunity to invest eternally? Paul tells us how in this text here today, and, and this third point really kind of brings all three of them together, he says, listen, he says, don't be foolish with your time and opportunities, but be wise. Wisdom, family, is the application of knowledge. That's what wisdom is. Paul says, be, be wise. Proverbs chapter 4 verse 7 says this, in the, the beginning of wisdom, or the beginning of application of knowledge is this, get wisdom. And though it cost you all that you have, get an understanding. So let me say it like this. The beginning of the application of the thing that you know begins with this. Get the application for the thing that you know and then apply it. Understanding is applying what you know in a way that is effective. So get the application of knowledge. Get an understanding of how to apply it and then apply it. Does that make sense? Have I lost you guys? If I lost you, say yes, pastor. Pastor. I lost you? Okay. The Bible says wisdom is the principal thing. Before you get anything else, Or as you're acquiring other things, get wisdom. Wisdom is the application of the thing that the Holy Spirit is teaching you. How to apply that in your life. You guys with me? And then, the scripture says, And in all thy getting, get an understanding. So now you you know what it is that you have to apply. Now, get an understanding on how to apply that. God, I want to live a life that's free of this thing. And then God shows you how to do it. Now you have an understanding of how to do it. Now you have to apply it. That makes sense? Pretty clear, you guys? Sometimes you just have to stop. Understand what God's will is for you. That's my third point. Understand what God's will is for you. Now listen, I can't tell you what God's will is for you. I can't tell you what God's will is for you, but I can tell you what God's will isn't for you. God's will is not for you to be consumed by the cares of this world. God's will for you is not to be filled with fear. God's will is not for you to be filled with fear and anxiety going into this coming year. It is not God's will for you for your calendar to be so packed with things that you don't have time to tend to the things that matter most. It's not God's will for you. So again, I don't know what the sweet spot of God's will looks like for you, but how many of you guys know the circle? How many of you seen the circle? whole lot of, so listen, work the circle if you want to know what God's will is for you. If you don't know how to work the circle, you know what the circle is, come see me afterward. Come see me or Rob. We'll show you how to work the circle. Won't we, Rob? You wanna know what God's will is for your life? Ask, keep asking God. God, what is it that you're saying to me, and then what do you want me to do about it? Amen, church? All right, I'm moving on. I'm on my third point. I'm getting ready to close. So again, I don't know what God's express will is for you for this year, but here I, w- I want to offer you a couple of things just to consider that fall in line with minding your walk and living a life that's worth imitating. Here's the first one. Ask God to help you to establish his priorities for you this year and then trust him to do it. Ask him to help you and then trust him to do it. Proverbs 3 5 and 6 says, trust in the Lord with all of your heart. Don't lean on your own understanding. In all your ways acknowledge him and he will direct your paths. Don't be wise in your own eyes. Fear the Lord and depart from evil things and it will be health to your navel, health to your flesh and morrow, life to your bones. So ask God, trust him. Trust the Lord. Who and what are most important in my life this year? Here's the practical applications for the coming year. Here's the first. Cultivate your trust in Jesus. Because your trust in Jesus will govern every area of your life. It will govern every area of life. the more you trust him, the more he'll talk to you through the person of the Holy Spirit who comes to lead us and guide us into all truth. Amen? How do you learn to trust him? Here's the first. I say this, it seems like I say this every single time I get up and I'm going to continue to say it till every hand in the house goes up and says, yes, pastor, I got it, I'm doing it. Here it is. Schedule intentional time each day to pray and read God's word. Pastor, Pastor, I don't know how to pray. I don't know what to pray for. Here, let me give you you a list. Pray over yourself. Pray for your family. Pray for the people around you. Pray for your church. Pray for the missionaries who are spreading the gospel around the world. Pray, pray, pray. Prayer changes everything. Somebody prayed for you. Somebody prayed for me. That's the reason why we're following Jesus Christ today because somebody who we probably never met I was talking to my dad who told, who told me that he used to live with his grandmother who prayed. That's back in the mid-1800s. In the mid-1800s, somebody was praying for me. Late 1800s. Somebody was praying for me. I have no doubt in my mind that somebody was praying for you, Kathy. Somebody was praying for you, Brian, Christian, Sally, Rob. So now the torch has been passed. Pray. Okay, here we go. Invest in relationships that mean the most. <laughs> if you're married, establish a date night and keep it. Can I, let me just say this. And then I'm almost done. I, I kind of acquiesced a bit on my date night. I mean, I've been, we, I've been guarding it hard, man. I've been guarding my date night hard. But let me get up here on this, this top row and tell you 2018, Friday night, you might as well not even call me unless it's a diary emergency. Then call my home phone. Then I know it's you. Because I am pledging to spend that evening with my wife. All the ladies in the house at least need to say amen. <laughs> yeah, man, I'm serious. I'm serious. Invest in the relationships that mean the most to you. If you're married, establish a date night, a time that it's just you guys. You can get away. Go out to dinner. Don't. Lock the doors. Shut the, shut the blinds. Eat some popcorn, watch a movie. No computers, no cell phone, no interruptions. Y'all know how to do that like you used to do when you was dating? Come on now. Huh? Okay, I feel... Listen, there was a time you couldn't wait to shut the blinds and turn the lights off. Come on now. I'm talking to married folk. Everybody say married folk. That's what I'm talking about. All right. Say, keep moving, Pastor. Everybody say, keep moving, Pastor. Okay, I believe I will. <laughs> no, I invest time in each other. Okay, and earlier you heard me, you know, when I, I did the whole Kenny Chesley song. Listen, I said, listen, man, you just might miss your babies growing like mine did, turning into moms and dads. Invest time in your children. I'm telling you, man, for those of you who have young kids, they will grow up fast. Won't they, Mike? They'll grow up fast. Rob, Sarah, enjoy it, man. Look, I know Matthew's a handful. Matthew's like all energy, man. But enjoy it. These are precious moments. Don't let them get. Away. Don't let them slip away. Make sure that you spend the quality time with your children, nurturing them in the things of the Lord and in His ways. Be all in at work. I believe every single Christ follower needs to be the best employee in the company. And I've said on that. And choose to live fully every day. Be fully present in the moment. Refuse to live in the failures of your past or the anxieties of the future. Refuse to do it. I've said this once. If I've said it once, I've said it a hundred times. I might even say it a couple thousand times before Jesus calls me home. The only place that we can live is right now. We're not omnipresent like God. God can live past, present, and future. We can't live in all those places. We can allow our minds to take us there. But the only place that God can meet us is in the present. And the only place that you can meet God is in the present. So practice this year as much as you can to live fully every day trying to be fully present as often as you can. Life is like a vapor, man. It's here today and it's gone tomorrow. It's true, isn't it? Today, the final day of 2017, is a great reminder. Another year has come and gone. And a brand new year dawns before us right now. And my prayer for you this year is that you experience enough happiness to keep you sweet, enough trials to keep you strong, enough sorrow to keep you human, enough hope to keep you encouraged, enough failure to keep you humble, enough success to keep you eager, enough friends to keep you comfortable, and enough wealth to meet your needs, enough enthusiasm to make you look forward to tomorrow and enough grace to make each day this year better than the year before. That's my prayer for you.